0: This is the Attention Collection Podcast, a show dedicated to the art of paying attention, to the idea that awareness is ever expanding, and to the core belief that everyone is capable of living a life worth noticing. I'm Anthony Garcia. If you happen to be catching this podcast on your morning commute, there's a solid chance you're within an arm's reach of a cup of coffee. In fact, I might even have just caught you mid-sip. Because for most of us, coffee is one of the first things we find when we stumble out of our dark bedrooms in the morning. It's this warm reminder that despite all evidence to the contrary, despite the embarrassing amount of times we hit snooze, everything is going to be okay. I guarantee you or someone you love owns a t-shirt or a mug or a pen, a throw pillow, with a message declaring both adoration and dependence on this substance. It says something cute like, coffee is life. And in truth, that statement is only slightly hyperbolic. Because there's a world of complexity swirling around in your morning cup of gel. No, seriously. So many elements have to conspire for us to enjoy just a few sips of liquid heaven. And this might sound silly, but we're doing it anyways. Your morning coffee routine could easily become a daily practice in gratitude. I promise complexity, so here we go. Let's follow the bean, shall we? So it takes two to six months just for the seed of a coffee cherry to germinate. And then after that, it takes four to five years before coffee cherries are ready to harvest. By the way, did you know they were coffee cherries? Maybe you just learned something today. Now, this is a process that happens by hand. And then after that, there's the milling process. Then there's some tasting and testing of the coffee cherry itself. And then it's roasted. There's a grinding process. And then ultimately, this is where we live. The brewing process takes place. There is about at least... A five-year period before you can enjoy the cup of coffee that you have close by right now. And this realization, the complexity that I'm referring to, led author A.J. Jacobs to go on an adventure that would eventually become a book called Thanks, A Thousand. He had this practice with his family around the dinner table. As an agnostic, he didn't pray, but he would take time out before the meal just to thank everybody involved in the production and the making of the food. So he would thank the farmers. He would thank the grocery. And one day, his 10-year-old son called him out and said, Dad, listen, this is cute and everything, but they can't hear you. So why don't you tell them? And so AJ took that and he said, okay, what, where can I start? And he began with his morning cup of coffee. So over a 12-month period, he ended up thanking about 1,000 people. And this journey became a book. And in this book, he shows how he started local at his coffee shop and thanked the barista. He thanked the coffee buyer at that location He thanked the New York City Water Department, the Road Commission, who keeps up the road so that the trucks can get the coffee to their destinations. He thanked the coffee lid designer, the marketers, the miners. He thanked the packagers, the farmers, and everyone in between. And you can learn more about this process in his TED Talk, which I will link in the show notes. But AJ's adventure underlines the amazing benefits of attention and mindfulness. Because when we lean in, the world begins to simultaneously expand and shrink. It expands because we see just how beautifully complex everything is, but it shrinks because we see how everything and everyone is connected. It reveals something else. As well, though. If you were to follow AJ's lead and embark on your own thank you mission, if you journeyed to the villages where much of our coffee beans are produced, your caffeinated smile would probably drop into a heartbroken frown when you saw the farmers' living conditions and learned some of their stories. Of the 11 leading coffee-producing countries in the world, at least four of them are known to use child and or slave labor for production. And 20% of worldwide coffee production is the result of slave labor. And even for those farmers who are being compensated for their labor, the payouts are often painfully low. And this is one reason why checking labels is so important. You've no doubt encountered the fair trade symbol on products or the storefront windows of your favorite coffee shop, and perhaps you seek it out intentionally. But it turns out it's more than just a hipster seal of approval or an excuse to charge people more. At its base, fair trade regulations are the only means through which farmers and laborers can earn a living wage. It helps to ensure sustainability, social and economic growth, but it's honestly the least we can do to help fight poverty. It's the least we can do to prevent slavery and environmental irresponsibility. And no, none of these farmers are getting rich off the fair trade system. It just means they may be able to do something novel like feed their families and cover the costs of production. Yes, fair trade coffee costs more. But with this reality in mind, would you want to pay any less? Here's the point. Every time you lift a cup of coffee to your lips, it tugs on a thread connected to someone you'll never meet. Someone whose life is just as valuable as yours. Someone who has hopes and dreams and fears, aspirations, and people to look after just like you. Do we want the tug of that thread to trip them up or possibly lift them up? So yes, coffee is life. That's true for your morning commute, but it's even more true for the men and women and, God forbid, the children who produce it. The least we could do is seek to ensure that our morning pick-me-up doesn't put someone else down. If we sit in this truth long enough what begins to become clear is that this is the case for everything we consume. Everything we value, and especially everything we take for granted. Every bar of chocolate we unwrap, every shirt we pull over our heads, every shoe we lace up is tied to a person and to an entire ecosystem. And we all get to choose whether to be conscious or unconscious. Consumers. The former is harder. It's less convenient, more expensive, and it requires intentionality. The latter, obviously, is easier, but the truth is becoming increasingly harder to ignore. Activism, the internet, and social media are shrinking the world and making it harder to hide our heads in the proverbial sand. We are free to choose. That is the reality. We don't have to buy with others in mind. But as my co-conspirator, the venerable Timothy Beeler, has said, I have the freedom to choose what I want to drink and what I want to wear, but in the world I inhabit, my freedom isn't somehow operating in a vacuum. The freedom of each individual is either in harmony or conflict with the freedom of every other person. It's like a spider's web, where the strings of my freedom extend and intertwine with the freedom strings of others. In the case of my coffee, my freedom string may very well attach itself to the arm of a slave in Colombia who's picking beans so that I can satisfy my morning fancy. In the case of my clothes, my freedom string may well be tied to the legs of an Uzbekistani slave laboring in the cotton fields. And he's not wrong. We are inextricably tied to everything and everyone around us. This is both beautiful and terribly humbling. But it's worth our careful consideration, perhaps over a fresh cup of coffee, Fair trade, I hope. So, we don't have to go around thanking every person who had a hand in making our coffee or clothing or anything else. But, pausing every once in a while, taking the time to focus our attention on the fact that everything, everything is a team effort, will go a long way in cultivating our gratitude and developing a mindful approach to the way we live, and the way we consume. And I realize at the point most of us begin our coffee consumption in our day, we don't have a lot of bandwidth for thoughtful reflection. But when you get the chance, maybe over an afternoon cup of coffee, reflect on this. The truth is, life is amazing, but sometimes we need a little help seeing it. And if we look, we might just discover that we have a life worth noticing. And if we look a little closer, we might see that we are connected to people that we might not ever meet and that their lives could be and should be just as amazing and that their lives are equally worth noticing. And all of this is discovered in the art of paying attention. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't hesitate to share it with someone you care about. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. And we're now on Stitcher and Spotify. We'll see you next time.